Hi, it's Greg and Lucky. And this is our podcast. If you don't catch us from 5 to 9, this is what you missed. We all fall into routines and rituals and ruts. How much time do you think you spend in your life on autopilot between work and school and at home? Holy cow. A lot of it. Um, we will spend, uh, on average, just over about 10 years of our life on autopilot. To put it th- another way, that's about 14 hours each year, 27 hours a week, or almost four hours a day. Three quarters of us, and this is sad, are... Four, day- sorry, 14, 14 days of the year. 1,400 hours 1400 hours okay. each year, 27 wow. hours a week, or almost four hours a day. Yeah. Ten years of our life. And three quarters of us, and this is a sad stat, our daily routine hardly ever changes. The majority of people say they are stuck in a rut. And uh, things like uh, just absolute boredom holding them back and admit they procrastinate on doing new things. So we're bored and we're tired of being bored, but we procrastinate on trying anything new or venturing outside of our comfort zone. It is so weird. And I think a lot of companies are going through this now with the return to work Mm. thing happening. And, and, you know, if they haven't already, many have already gone back into the office. But there there are still some who are just going through that now as mandates completely expire today, right? Mm -hmm, That's right. Um, And so... Uh, you know, you get this kind of pushback from people who are like, no, I want to I want to stay at home, mm-hmm. which you would think, you know, are you bored <laughs> like, right. at home? Don't, don't you want some, some interaction? A lot of people don't. They don't want to commute. I get it if you don't want to. There's some annoyances yeah. to going into the office, but there's also some some upside that it just, I don't know, puts a little something more in your day. You can get out of pajamas for once. Well, it's just another example of how we're never, ever happy, no matter what the situation. In the, in the early stages of COVID, and it carried on like this throughout the whole thing, all you ever heard was about the mental illness side of things and the isolation side of things. And now when you can finally get back out there, you don't want to go. <laughs> you know, it was like we said from the very beginning, oh, family, got to be with family, miss my parents, miss the grandparents, oh, the grandparents want to see the grandchildren. Yeah. Then Wait you can get back together. Nobody wants to be there. We just want to piss and moan for the sake of pissing and moaning. Pretty much. You know, and, and it is amazing. I, and I want to say to anybody who doesn't want to go back into the office because of the aggravation. Look in the mirror. You're an adult. Stop being a a petulant child. You really are acting childlike. I heard a great story with with some uh, younger uh, office staff where they're just adamant that they're not going back. Right, yeah. Well, well, then guess what? I'm adamant you don't have a job. (laughs) How about that? It's it's crazy, and I and I would love the excuse. Okay, outside of I just can't be bothered, or it's too much of an aggravation. Okay, well you knew this was inevitably going to end. Right. You knew eventually. Has it dragged on longer than we ever thought it would? Probably. You know, going on almost three years now. This coming March, but it's time. It, it's just time, and there's there's no real out. You can't say, well, I'm afraid of getting COVID now. If you've got your vaccine, you'll be fine. Right. It, it, you know, we, we, you have to live with it. That's what everybody says now. We've got to live with it. It's not going away ever. So well, you can't keep running from it. Let's, let's, let's be honest. Most of the people who are saying they don't want to go back in the office because they'd be afraid of it yeah. are going out and doing other things oh, yeah. and not afraid of it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's conveniently afraid of it for many. No, exactly. So, yeah, if you're one of these people who is putting up a fuss and, a, and stomping around because you don't want to go back to the office... Well, I guess you could go line up at the unemployment office. There's always that, because I'm sure you'll be out of a gig if you keep that attitude up. 
Bruce Willis just sold something. He sold his image rights to an AI company. So basically now we will have Yippie Kaye forever. Okay. Yeah, uh, basically they, they took uh, images of him uh, from Die Hard and a film called The Fifth Element. So he looks with his AI um, character just like he did in those movies. And I, 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 I would assume that this could keep him working in some form, even though he's now retired and with his uh, diagnosis, I don't know. You know, lifetime, lifespan after having this diagnosis, I'm right. not sure, but um, he will continue doing some sort of wow television. They can recreate or, that all like that, I, I guess. guess. Yeah, Just more and more of it, right? All the time. Uh, we finally found out what the queen died of. You know, she, uh, I don't know if you heard, but she passed away. I heard that, yeah. 96 years old. Uh, and uh, so, you know, they, they do the uh, they do the research. They do the, uh, whatchamacallit, when they... I don't think they did an autopsy on the Queen. Oh, they might have. Don't they always? Doesn't everybody they get an autopsy? To, I, don't I don't know. know. I mean, they have released her death certificate, and it finally came out that she uh, she OD'd. With <laughs> massive Scarface amount of cocaine off of the back of a hooker's butt. And then that was it. Like that. <laughs> was Andrew in the room? Uh, <laughs> he he ordered the uh, right. Uh, and it wasn't Charles that killed her, and it wasn't Megan. It was just old age. Okay. That's what they're saying. All right. 96, just done. Yeah. Uh, Trevor Noah is leaving The Daily Show after seven years. That's a shame. I uh, I think he's a terrific host, and really, he had to step in and fill huge shoes after taking over from Jon Stewart. Yeah, I, I guess, I mean, his it's his, his monologues is, that he goes off on and, mm. and his you know, kind of little diatribes that I think are, are just so, he's so smart, mm-hmm. so well-written, so uh, you know, he he's such a great speaker. Yeah. Um, his book is fantastic. It's amazing. I'm reading it for a second like time. His life stories is, is just so incredible. Here's something I find that's odd about him, though. I agree 100% with everything you're saying. I watch the show every day. I think he's very smart and, as you said, well-written. And when he goes off, it's great. I've read his book. I'm reading it again. Again, terrific. I don't think his stand-up is all that funny. Oh, well, I think it's a, because it's a different type of stand-up. I think mm-hmm. it's, it's a it's a very smart stand-up that he does. And it you're is, saying I'm dumb? No, <laughs> saying you're you're looking for Hickory Dickory Dock. Well, you're I not getting that from him. Listen, if you can't uh, if you can't have the Dice Man, <laughs> I mean, there's no comedy after the Dice Man. No, I just I find uh, I think I like his I think I like his political bend on the show, and I think I like how he talks about current events. It's a lot more intellectual humor, is what I'm saying. Yeah, I think that I've watched... Now, maybe I haven't even sat through a whole whole, uh, um, sitcom uh, stand-up thing, but I... Yeah, the one time I did, I I didn't find myself laughing at him as much as I do uh, with the show. Anyhow, he is going to do a lot more stand-up. He wants to travel. He loves learning new languages. So I think he just doesn't want to be tied to a day-to-day gig anymore. That's good on him. Uh, Steve O from uh, Jackass has written a book called uh, "Hard to Kick in the Nuts." <laughs> <laughs> what else would he title it? Of course. Uh, and he says uh, he, the dumbest prank he ever did was when he messed around with rocket fuel, which resulted in severe burns and skin graft surgery on 15% of his body. Yeah, that sounds dumb. Yeah. 
He says, uh, my overdeveloped need for attention outweighed my desire for comfort. I didn't go to the hospital for five days. Oh. And it was the most horrific five days of my life. You're su- I'm surprised he didn't get some sort of infection in right. the eye. No kidding. Yeah. Uh, now, you stumbled upon uh, some good fellas fun facts. Adrian uh, found these last night. She was reading to me, and I was like, this, this is crazy. I had never heard a couple of these things. I right. can't remember. I've seen Goodfellas hundreds of times yeah. now. Yeah. Uh, and it's an automatic remote drop for me. And I love all things Goodfellas. Um, and here's a little, uh, some fun facts about Goodfellas. Yes. Paul Sorvino tried to back out right before filming because he didn't think he could be aggressive enough in that role. He told his agent, get me out of here days before filming when he looked in the mirror and said uh, it would scare the hell out of me. He didn't want to be that guy. Turned out he was pretty good in it. Yeah, no, if I remember, because I haven't watched it in a long time, but I know he was great. He was very subtle. He wasn't yes. like Joe Pesci. He just quietly intimidated. He got mad really once right. kind of thing. And then, you know, uh, beyond that, it was like his his disappointed look mm, in the... Right. Uh, Right in the in the court. Oh man! Like I like there was the one scene where they had a barbecue or something, and he just comes up to uh, to uh, Henry Hill, and he just the way he puts his arm around him. Yeah, very fatherly. Right. But if you don't do as you're told, yeah. you're dead. Um, in the casino scene, uh, Robert De Niro used real money. Uh, and he was the only one on set allowed to use real money. Hmm. And the prop master had to go to the bank and get the money out of his own bank account. So when they cut the scene, he was yelling, everybody freeze, so he could find his money and get it back. De Niro didn't like the feel of the fake money in his hands. You think De Niro, with all his money, could have figured out how to get the cash in, not this poor guy who just worked on set. <laughs> they were probably just laughing at yeah. those prop masters or throwing around his five grand. Meanwhile, the prop masters at the, uh, the door of uh, De Niro's trailers... Mr. De Niro, can I can I please have my money back? Please. Right. Um, Ray Liotta's anger in the movie wasn't always an act. He was dealing with his mom being very sick and dying at that time. Oh, wow. And so uh, in that scene where he goes across the street and assaults the neighbor, right. um, you know, as, there was his mother was losing her fight with cancer during the production. Even the actor, Mark Evan Jacobs, said... He was scary, yeah, and it was uh, and it was real, huh? Um, as for people who turned down roles for this or were otherwise considered, John Malkovich turned down the role of Jimmy Conway. I can't believe mm, anyone but De Niro mm-hmm. would play that role. Yeah, um, Madonna was considered to play Karen. I think I had heard that before, yeah. And Tom Cruise was discussed to play Henry Hill instead of Ray Liotta. Oh, man. Yeah, you know, it's funny with that because that's all you can envision is Ray Liotta. You could never see Tom in that role. Right. Yeah. And a couple other things. Both of Martin Scorsese's parents are in the film. Of course, famously, his mom was so good uh, in that. Serving the food. Uh, That's right. Uh, His father, Charles... Also made a cameo. Uh, he was in the prison scene. He plays Vinny, the inmate who had too many onions to the sauce all the time. Okay, when they were cooking. Yeah. yeah. Okay, very good. Uh, Goodfellas lost the best picture to Dances with Wolves with Kevin Costner. It was a pretty damn good movie. Uh, unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, and finally, the funny how story mm. that everyone loves uh, was taken by an encounter that Joe Pesci had with a real mobster. He used to be a waiter, and this monster pulled this trick on him with that look uh, that was just so scary and said, you know, he went to the guy he was waiting on him and said, uh, you're funny. The guy turned it back on him. Mm. They used that. But 
when they actually filmed the scene, yeah. Pesci and uh, and Ray Liotta had practiced the scene with Scorsese. They didn't tell any of the actors in the scene, some of which were actually mobsters, All right. uh, that they were doing that. And so when Pesci turned it on Liotta, they had no idea what was going on. They used two cameras to film their faces. Reactions. And they wanted to see the actual reactions when he was going off like that. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. One of the greatest so movies good. ever. Now, speaking of movies, there's a list of the gayest straight movies ever made. There's a whole bunch of them. But you'll be happy to know this, Lucky. Top Gun tops the list. <laughs> what scene? <laughs> well, and supposedly, I don't remember this, but Stinger tells Maverick, I'd like to bust your butt, wow. but I can't. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. You want to come clean on it, any Lucky? No, I'm just one of your favorite movies of all time. <laughs> it is. I'm oh. just saying. People are worried... That if their dogs could talk, they wouldn't be PC. <laughs> Seems like a premise from a bad 80s movie, but um very strange survey asked pet lovers to imagine that their animals could talk and what the positives and negatives would be. First off, uh, people thought that uh, dogs would be most likely to start speaking to us, and the biggest concern is that if they did start speaking to us, the biggest concern is that they'd gossip and reveal all our secrets. Of course. They've seen some things. They've seen you in some positions. They would share. Um, and they'd probably be very honest about who they liked and didn't like in the family. The other big concern is that your, uh, your dog won't stop talking once it started, uh, like a child. But the biggest worry is that the dog won't be politically correct. It will say something racist or sexist. <laughs> You think having Archie Bunker living in your house. And I would think uh, smaller dogs would be uh, just jerks. I think bigger dogs would be kind of like, Mopey. Good to see your home. Right. What are we doing? Let's yeah. go for a walk. Yeah, Coop would be, be a little yappy. Where you been? Yeah. Uh, where's my food? They'd be, they'd be little spoilt, entitled things. <laughs> they believe also that dogs would likely say something mean about cats. The benefit, they say, though, is that their pet could uh, explain their food preferences. They could let us know if something's wrong. And they could tell us that they're feeling sick or tired. That'd be good. Yeah. Like, Coop, Coop had the pukes yesterday. Yeah. And you don't know why. Like, out of nowhere. But you hear it coming for him. Like, oh, that. Yeah. Like like the whole stomach, his whole body gets involved in the upchuck. And you get a, you get a couple of seconds notice. Yeah, sometimes it takes, like I've heard uh, this little uh, Sully that we've got, he's puked a few times, and you, you really, there's that moment where you kind of go, what's that noise? Right. And you realize, <laughs> and it's just like the mad dash, because he's always like standing on our little bit of carpet, you know. If you're going to barf, barf on the floor, I was barf on the tile. He was on the couch, Cooper was on the couch yesterday, and I started, I was making my lunch, and I started to hear it. Did he bring up your lunch? No, not <laughs> not quite. Uh, and uh, and so I like I just made a mad dash. Two hours later, mm. I found a piece of pita on like a shelf in the living room because I had thrown it so oh, quickly Jesus. in the rush to go get them off the couch. <laughs> no, 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 no! I thought you were gonna say one of the kids has been feeding him pita, and hiding it. Yeah, it, 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 their their little tummies are very sensitive, and they get uh, they get upset easy. But this is, again, where we're at with our pets. Now we're imagining if they could talk. Right. I'll tell you what they'd probably say. Leave me the hell alone. Well, and you're way too all over me. Because 
we we think they can generally listen to us and they right. can't and they can understand what we're saying like Coop has a thing where if we call the boys for dinner yeah he comes right, right? and then when we yell down in the basement boys dinner like he'll be outside and he'll run in because it's dinner time so like it's the inflection in our tone that yeah. that gets them there but we we feel he completely understands english like yeah. he's learned the language he knows it all yeah uh i think they they I think they get used to routine, you know, um, with this dog, Sully, uh, Daniel, my oldest, will have his lunch, wash up dishes, uh, uh, leftover dishes in the sink, and he knows the minute that's done that it's walk time. Right. He'll get right to the front door and be ready. Soon as Ariel comes home, he's, he, I don't even know where he is in the house, but he just helicopters into that front door. Mm-hmm. You know, so they, yeah, they have their little, every morning when I come home, He's right there at the top of the steps because he wants me to let him out the uh, the back door. So, right. but I, but outside of that, they're not they're not Mensa members. No, no. <laughs> but, but it is funny though because we 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 assume that they no. are yeah. and and like we had a thing with Coop. Is he eating? He's a picky eater. Mm. Go figure. He's in my house. But uh, <laughs> uh, but he'll we'll put his his kibble or whatever in a bowl and he won't eat the bloody thing. You're like, what, what's going on? But you've trained out. him into that, Bill. I know because he knows that when we're eating, he gets treats right. in order just to keep him quiet and shut him up. And so the other day, you know, he was just begging as we were eating. I said, I forget it. I grabbed his kibble bowl yeah. and I just put it down in the living room where we were eating. Mm. He ate the whole bloody thing. Right. And Adrian was like, what? is it just that he wants to be with us when he's yeah. eating? I'm like, yeah, probably. Probably. He doesn't care what he's eating. He just knows he gets something to eat yeah. with us yeah, they don't when we're care. eating. Yeah, we, that's the other thing with the food. I mean, I used to have this argument with my mom all the time about the dog they had. She was convinced he had he was a picky eater that he had to have different varieties. Even bacon and scrambled eggs, oh, and killing them, killing them, yeah. absolutely. Especially the small dogs. If you're feeding them from the table, you're basically killing them. Um, a nice slow little death, mounding down on steak and chicken. But uh, yeah, they they can and will eat the same thing day in and day out, and you don't need to change it up. But that's just our own because we need a change. Right. We can't eat the same thing every day, <laughs> so we just assume they're the same. Yesterday afternoon, I heard the name of the uh, the guy that almost caught the uh, Aaron Judge uh, home run, and when I first heard it, I thought, no, this this has to be a joke. This can't be real. Bobby Butterfingers. <laughs> it, close. <laughs> Something kind of odd like that. His name is Frankie Lasagna. Wow. Now, he owns an Italian restaurant. So I don't know if his Italian restaurant's called Frankie Lasagna. Gotcha. And so he just calls himself Frankie Lasagna. I don't know if it's actually on his birth certificate. But every media outlet that I heard talking about the ball and showing the photo of him referred to him as Frankie Lasagna. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I thought, what is wrong with you people? Nobody's making comment of this. It may be the greatest name I've ever heard. Like, if I could change my on-air name and go with not my real name, but a made-up name, I'd go Frankie Lasagna. Yeah, right. It'd be Lasagna and Lucky in the morning. <laughs> oh, my gosh, what a great handle. Uh-huh. He, he said, and he's being pretty cool about it, he, uh, he said, had he been a couple inches taller or had a fishing net, he would have he snagged that ball. True. Had a, a better chance. I, like, it can't be his real last name. I don't know. And he goes into, like, the restaurant business. You imagine know. if he told his parents, I'm doing fried chicken instead of... <laughs> 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 you 
Yeah, I, I don't know if it's his real name, but even if he made it up, it's still a great handle. Right. Hi, I'm Olive Garden. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, anyhow, uh, he, he says that he wasn't going to, had he caught it, he wasn't going to hold out for uh, boatloads of money, but rather he would have reached out to Aaron Judge's people and uh, would see if he could have had him to the restaurant, have a meal, and then he'd present him the ball. Okay. Well, I mean, listen, if, if, if he's getting that recognition, he could still ride the 15 minutes of fame from this. Mm-hmm. I mean, Dark Guy did it with the Leafs. Right. I think he rolled that 15 minutes hard, like right into a, a, a radio gig at one point. Right into an ICU unit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember there was like local celebrities going to games with him. With and Dart Guy, yeah. It, yeah. Was like a, it was like a thing. Yeah, that's right. Watch remember. a game with Dart Guy. Talk to Dart Guy. That's and, right. Like, why? Because he was <laughs> flinging a dart out of his mouth watching the game with his face painted. Frank Lasagna could be able to do something. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure his restaurant will probably, he'll probably have an uptick in business, I would think, because of this. Uh, now, speaking of food and restaurants, <laughs> as, long as, as, long as, he, as long as he doesn't drop any pasta on the way to the table. <laughs> Here, catch this bread. People just start lobbing just start stuff throwing. at him. Go to Frankie Lasani's place and just start throwing food at him. Go on, Go on for the meatball. Hey, Frankie, here's a million dollars. See if you can catch it this time. Oh, the poor guy. <laughs> yeah, that would be funny. Um, McDonald's is about to roll out their uh, adult Happy Meals. Come on. Yeah. Now, at first I thought, what is this about? But it turns out, not much. It's basically a Big Mac, fries, and a drink like you'd normally get, or you get 10-piece McNuggets. But Do you get an adult toy? Well, <laughs> is that, that box come buzzing? <laughs> yeah, and you get a, a packet of lube. <laughs> Uh, ketchup, vinegar, and some lube, what? please. Yeah, I'll take a package of lube with that toy. Uh, no, no adult toy. You get some figurine of like the Hamburglar and Grimace and this kind of thing. Okay, so maybe try to play on the childhood thing, going the back to the classic uh, toy. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, I remember, you know, as a kid, my dad taking me to McDonald's and sitting me down and saying, listen, just because your mother and I don't love each other anymore. <laughs> <laughs> It's not your fault. Have a Big Mac. Right. Um, yeah. Now, here's the problem with it. Okay, fine. Figurines, whatever. How can you sell an adult Happy Meal and there's no alcohol attached? Oh, right. That makes it an adult Happy Meal. <laughs> Otherwise, it's just a Happy Meal. Crazy. They didn't think this through. I right. Mean, how hard would it be for McDonald's to get a, a, a whole licensing thing and everything? But we'll get a McLicense and a McPint. Baby steps. A big glass of wine. People were asked what essentials they absolutely needed. And topping the list, Wi-Fi. Okay. And then electricity, gas and heating, electronics, medicine. Nowhere on this list, food and water. <laughs> <laughs> so basically we're saying, I'd rather die than go without my Wi-Fi. Well, if I got Wi-Fi, I can order food and water. Humans can live more than a month without food, several days without water. We can basically not go without Wi-Fi. <laughs> wow. Wow. Are we hooked? What is it with that? Like, do you have to have Wi-Fi or do you just have to have the Internet? Well, I guess you, you want the Internet. You because there are people media. that I think need Wi-Fi just because they're cheap. They're, like, they don't want to pay for like a data plan. Oh, okay. 
Yeah, no, I would assume when we say we need our Wi-Fi, it's so that we can get onto you porn or right. whatever it is you we'd spend our day doing, mindlessly staring at that screen. <laughs> it's just... You know, you, you talk about conspiracy theories and, and all of the craziness that has gone on in the belief system around COVID. You want to you wanna really look at your life and think, what is holding me back? How has the man held me down? It's your electronics. Yeah. That's really turned us all into a zombie. It's not our prime minister. It's that thing in your hand. The other thing in your hand. <laughs> you probably don't have that other thing in your hand nearly as, nearly as often as you should because you got the electronics in your hand. Right. Uh, you get down rabbit holes. Yeah. You're totally guilty of it. Where it is all of a sudden you'll see one video and just leads into a... a Ten minutes or more of just watching over and over again. There's a great question that was posed. I was watching some show and basically like, what would it take for you to give up your phone? Mm. Like, it would be uh, keep your phone or keep your family. Right. You know, if we found out tomorrow that the number one cause, all of climate change could be solved if we all gave up the phone, could you do it? Oh, people wouldn't do so, that. So addicted. But it's so. just—it's it, interesting how we consume things too now, because that's—you know—it used to be you'd sit down in front of the tube for hours mm. and watch things. That, that that happens less for so many people now because they consume things in short clips mm -hmm. and short bits. Even things like our podcast, or where we do our best of bits. There are people who are like, ah, I can't listen to four hours in the morning, mm. but. Yeah, if you guys want to post a few bits up there, I'll listen to those in snippets. I agree with them. I can't listen to this for four hours either. <laughs> giving me a migraine. But, I, you know, I, I would still rather have a time when as a family or friends or you gather and you watch a show, you do something together. Yeah, we might not be in front of the 60-inch screen anymore hanging on the wall, but we are just face buried into that phone all day long, ignoring everything around us. Well, and what happens all too often, it drives me nuts with the kids, is that we're doing both. Right. We've got the screen going, yeah. and then we're on the little one in front of our eyes, too. Oh, uh, how many devices can you have going at once? I am so guilty of this. I even get angry at myself. I will find myself watching something, and my phone's beside me, and something will trigger me to want to check something on the phone. And I'm constantly now pausing the show to check out, you know, whatever I think I need to check out. Or I realize I've been on the phone now for 10 minutes. I've missed the last 10 minutes of the show. Now I'm rewinding it to catch up. One of the good things I've noticed in Amazon Prime is when you pause a show, it'll show you the actors that are on screen. Yes. And I'm like, because so many times we'll say, oh, I recognize that person from something. What is it? And it's to stop people from... Pausing the show to Google it. Right. Yeah. That Bezos, eh? <laughs> that flipping guy knows it all. Rock Mornings with, with Craig, Craig Venn and Lucky. Lucky. 94.9 The Rock.